This is the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry and its future. Our show is hosted by Rich Miller, the editor of Data Center Frontier. And now here's Rich with our show. The emergence of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has made headlines around the world over the past weekend. It is not yet clear how serious Omicron may become, but the prospect of another game-changing variant is already being felt in financial markets and global travel. What might Omicron mean to the data center sector and cloud computing? That's our topic today on the Data Center Frontier Show. I'm Rich Miller. I am the founder and editor of Data Center Frontier. My background is as a journalist and analyst and uh, uh, someone who's been covering the data center industry for 20 years. I'm not an, a virologist or epidemiologist, but what I think is important to think about at this point is what Omicron might mean for business in three areas. The first is travel restrictions. The second is supply chain issues. And the third is the emerging rebound in enterprise IT spending. We're going to talk about all of those here on the Data Center Frontier Show. But first, I wanted to start with a little bit of background about what is known and not known about Omicron and why folks are so concerned about it. Omicron is the name that the World Health Organization has given to a new variant that was first identified in South Africa last week. Omicron has been identified as what they call a variant of concern which is the most serious category the agency uses for for tracking uh, COVID offshoots. This was uh, announced after an emergency meeting on Friday. uh, And the variant of concern is reserved for uh, COVID variants that may spread quickly, that could cause severe disease, or might decrease the effectiveness of vaccines or treatments. And some of the early analysis of uh, Omicron has triggered concerns on all three fronts. There is concern about what they call vaccine escape and the the level of disease that can be created because of the number of mutations that are found uh, in Omicron. There's a total of 50 different mutations, some of which have been seen before in other variants and didn't turn out to be a huge threat, but others which are new and and particularly a a source of concern is that there's a a lot of uh, mutations that are seen on the spike protein, which is what is targeted by the vaccines in helping to uh, deter COVID from spreading within the body. The last coronavirus uh, variant to receive this uh, variant of concern uh, designation was known as Delta, which uh, took off last summer and now accounts for virtually all of the COVID cases uh, in the United States and in many other parts of the world as well. One of the other uh, causes for concern is that we haven't seen a lot of variants since Delta became predominant largely because Delta is so efficient at spreading. It spreads much faster than the the original strains of of COVID that we saw in early 2020. And as a result, it's sort of uh, the other variants that emerge in various places can't really compete with it. There was a little bit of alarm last week when it turned out that this Omicron strain was becoming predominant in uh, portions of South Africa. Now, it's probably important to note since the Omicron has, has spread uh, fairly widely already, there's a good possibility that had, has been around for a little while in a number of places 
uh, and South Africa uh, simply became the first place to identify and report it and warn the world about it, largely because they have a fairly sophisticated COVID surveillance and genomic tracking system that allows them to get a look at variants and determine whether they've got an unusual number of mutations. However, that distinction is not really uh, absorbed by the rest of the world, uh, as we can see in a lot of these uh, travel restrictions, which is how most countries have responded to the news about Omicron. The European Union, the UK, and the United States have all restricted travel to and from uh, countries in southern Africa. Israel has uh, said that it will seal its borders completely to all foreigners for a 14-day period after they've had a handful of cases, including several from folks who had not traveled to uh, southern Africa. Now, there are many questions that remain to be answered about Omicron. The um, vaccine makers say that they hope to know within the next two weeks whether the existing vaccines will be effective against Omicron. By then, we will certainly have information about whether or not it uh, is transmissible on the the same level or even more effectively than Delta. If Omicron were to take over and in other places where Delta has been the primary strain, that would be an indicator that it is transmitting uh, very well. And then the last question is about the the severity of the disease that, that Omicron causes. And that will take time as, as we see more cases that have gone through a full cycle of treatment. One of the things we've learned from previous waves of COVID is that contagion and spread occur well ahead of test results and hospitalizations. And that lag is frustrating for folks who need information and want to figure out how to proceed in terms of policy and business operations. What we've learned during the previous waves of COVID, and will certainly be true going forward with whatever Omicron brings, is the importance of data centers and cloud computing in serving as a lifeline to the world during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, delivering services that have kept the world connected across many critical activities. Uh, That includes remote work, uh, e-learning, telemedicine, all of the ways that that virtual connections have uh, kept people operating and connected to one another and the things that are important to them. As I mentioned uh, before, there are three areas to watch that may be impacted by the new precautions around Omicron. The first is travel restrictions. It's pretty clear, as as most of you know who track this industry, that data center growth has become a global story. Uh, New travel restrictions will complicate the acceleration of new projects in global markets continue uh, delivering capacity in most areas of the world. Uh, This hasn't been a perfect process and there have been some delays, but uh, given the the number of challenges in terms of the availability of people and equipment, the the industry has had a a pretty impressive uh, track record in continuing to be able to to add the capacity that has been so desperately needed by the, the cloud service providers as they seek to keep pace with the demands of uh, remote operations during the pandemic. So that will be somewhat complicated if it becomes harder for people to move around the globe. The new travel restrictions are certainly unwelcome news for trade show operators who have by and large resumed in-person events after a lengthy period of being restricted to virtual events. One of the things that's pretty clear is that many folks in the data center industry are really yearning 
to return to live events and have want to make those new con- connections and to see people face to face. There's been a lot of feedback from the early events in the industry. Perhaps the biggest challenge is for event operators that rely upon a global audience. The pandemic has been particularly difficult given all the travel restrictions, and that is likely to continue. But there have been some signs of uh, success with hybrid events in a couple of recent gatherings, and that includes the uh, Open Compute Project Global Summit, uh, as well as the Supercomputing 21 event. These events had had live in-person components in San Jose and in St. Louis. And at the same time, they also served global audiences around the world virtually with uh, applications and, uh, and uh, Zoom and video. And it is shown that you know, some of the challenges of uh, the travel restrictions can be surmounted uh, with uh, the right amount of technology. There's been a somewhat better outlook and more success for regional events, particularly uh, ones that, uh, that serve a distinct area. There have been a number of regional events Uh, for data center professionals that have gone very well and have have clearly uh, provided uh, great content and uh, there's been a lot of good feedback about them. However, that could also be at risk if we see uh, cases emerge from the new variant uh, within the United States, which would complicate uh, air travel uh, within the United States and uh, make it uh, more difficult for folks to get around and think about going back to, to events, and would pose some challenges about what sort of restrictions and guidelines events operators need to impose to, to keep their attendees healthy. In both business and events, uh, the lessons of the past couple of years will provide crucial strategies for managing through virtual channels and really just adapting operations to the whatever business restrictions are in place. You know, as we noted, the, the business uh, continued to deliver new data center capacity throughout the pandemic. Uh, which kind of brings us to the next topic that we ha- are uh, looking at today, which is supply chain issues. It's no secret that the pandemic has made a mess of the global supply chain. Uh, we've seen all seen the, the stories about container ships stacked up in major ports and the, the challenges of moving products uh, around the world to meet the, the demands for not just data center construction, but also for servers and, and other components that are key to IT equipment. For most data center operators, managing the global supply chain crisis has been a function of leaning hard on their experience and relationships and getting even more obsessed than usual about planning. Uh, we covered this in a recent uh, summary at Data Center Frontier on the state of the global supply chain. We listened in on uh, a number of uh, uh, earnings calls for publicly held data center and data center equipment providers uh, and got uh, perspectives from 12 different C-suite executives on how they are managing through the global supply chain crisis. And we identified a number of strategies, which I will just mention here in passing, but in our show notes, I'll include a link to our story and you can read uh, in depth. We've got details on each of these uh, strategies. These include ordering equipment ahead of time, uh, holding more data center equipment inventory in warehouses and other locations where they can be quickly deployed to construction sites, working with more suppliers, including new suppliers who can source hard-to-find products, Um, making spot purchases to meet specific short-term demand on particular items 
sometimes at premium prices. Uh, supply and demand is, is certainly in impacting the delivery time and, and pricing on some of these components. Many folks have really been doubling down on their supplier relationships and wielding their size and financial strength uh, to help uh, make sure that they have the inventory they need to deliver on projects. And finally, just about everyone is working ahead on their forecasting and procurement for 2022, uh, 2023, and beyond. The toughest choke point for the supply chain will likely be in the semiconductor shortages, which have affected not just computers and servers, but also cars and uh, kitchen appliances and any number of the many things that rely on chips throughout our global economy. If component availability continues to delay, uh, delay the deliveries of chips, servers, and network gear, ultimately that will play into the, the fill rates for data center capacity. When a developer delivers a data haul, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the, the servers are just going to roll right in immediately. Uh, although we did see a bunch of that during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. But that's one area where the availability of chips and the timelines for when people can get new servers will have an impact on how quickly data center equipment is deployed. Finally, let's talk about the enterprise spending recovery. If there's one thing that markets hate, it is unpredictability. Uh, and the unpredictability of the COVID-19 pandemic has been a major factor in the sort of subdued investment that we've seen in IT infrastructure by the enterprise sector, certainly during 2020, the first year of the, of the pandemic, when there was so much uncertainty and difficulty in sorting out what the future was going to look like. There's significant anecdotal evidence that enterprise spending on data center services has begun to normalize and rebound in 2021. Uh, we've talked with a number of, uh, of developers and service providers in recent months who say they've seen increased activity and they expect that to uh, lead to uh, better enterprise sales for the year. This is where Omicron kind of raises questions about whether, whether that trend will continue into 2022. The good news is that uh, several years of operating through a pandemic has provided tools that can limit the uncertainty created by new variants. That includes uh, the timeline on new vaccines. So in the event that uh, Omicron does uh, uh, prove to be difficult to treat with the current vaccines, companies like Moderna and Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson are already in the lab. They have uh, you know, copies of, of Omicron and, and know what it looks like and are uh, in the development phase for vaccine updates that could uh, target the problematic elements of Omicron. The uh, uh, executives uh, from uh, companies that use the mRNA technology that has accelerated vaccine development uh, for the original batch of COVID-19 vaccines say that they believe that the process can help them hopefully develop new vaccines to address the particularities of Omicron within about 100 days. Uh, and then the issue would be how long the, the approval and deployment process might take. Some analysts who have tracked vaccine development very closely uh, suggest that if a vaccine escape is a challenge with Omicron, that there could be widespread deployment of vaccines to address it as soon as the summer of 2022 and perhaps even earlier. 
In theory, this could create a timeline that sort of establishes an outer bound for worst case scenarios. But even for enterprises that are being careful with their spending because of concerns about COVID-19, there is a, a clear mandate to be able to engineer their IT operations to handle whatever eventualities may come. The uncertainty now is how long we'll see new variants, so long as you know, vaccination continues to be reduced in some areas of the world, there's going to be an ongoing risk that new variants will emerge and they may require uh, new travel restrictions or adjustments to, to vaccines. Being able to just freeze operations in place and uh, not uh, adapt your IT infrastructure to be uh, flexible to respond to whatever circumstances are uh, presented by the, the pandemic really seems to be a less appealing option. There's been a lot of discussion about how the companies that have been the most successful during the pandemic have been the ones that have been able to uh, prepare their IT operations to be flexible using cloud, co-location, and on-premises capacity to address whatever needs come up, uh, including the need to rapidly scale up remote work and uh, networks to meet uh, the needs of more video and for their operations. On one hand, Omicron could be something that gives pause to folks who are making spending decisions for the enterprise sector uh, as it did in 2020. But there's a whole nother level on which uh, life goes on and the pandemic, unfortunately, seems to go on. Companies can't wait forever to um, create more nimble infrastructures that can handle uh, different types of business and, and really whatever digital transformation uh, might look like in your organization, uh, it's really time to get on with it. So this will be a very important uh, development to track. All eyes will be on the enterprise sector as, uh, as we see uh, what things look like going into 2022 and whether Omicron gives people pause about spending. One thing is for sure, the demand for data center capacity will continue through 2022, through whatever uncertainties might be created by the Omicron variant, uh, the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, or the many other business factors that are driving the digital transformation in which data centers are really remaking how our world does uh, business, education, healthcare, and so many of our everyday activities. Here at Data Center Frontier, we'll be continuing to monitor all of these trends as we tell the story of the data center industry one podcast at a time. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the Data Center Frontier show. You can find the show notes for this episode at datacenterfrontier.com slash podcast, including links to the resources Rich has mentioned. Be sure to subscribe to the Data Center Frontier show at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or where you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends or share about it on your social channels. You can always find us on the web at datacenterfrontier.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time.